Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,299. Always be kind to everybody you meet, and it'll always come back. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Speedway, Indiana. What a cool place to live. Katie Hargett. Hey, Katie, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Let's go, Mark. All right. Katie Hargett was born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana, a city that lives and breathes two things, basketball and racing. She never mastered a jump shot, but she was hooked on horsepower. At just nine years old, she began racing quarter midgets across the country. Just two years later, Lynn St. James, who's been a guest on the show here several times, invited her to attend Women in the Winner's Circle and Driver Development. After racing for more than 10 years, Katie stepped out of the driver's seat and in front of the camera. She scored her first job in local news at Terre Haute, Indiana, a city rich in motorsports history. She worked her way back into motorsports as a pit reporter on NBCSN's IndyCar Series broadcast. And in the spring of 2018, Katie established Fuel the Female, an organization dedicated to empowering women to achieve their dreams. She's also worked as a reporter for Fox Sports Midwest in the college football and basketball arena, the Indiana Pacers, and the NCAA. You are one busy lady, Katie. I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more before I jump into my questions about your career and a very obvious passion that you have for motorsports? Yeah, I mean, really, that's how you sum up my life. I got into motorsports at nine years old, like you said, and I've never been able to get away from it since. And I'm so thankful for that. And I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you. Uh, Lynn St. James speaks very highly of you. Lynn has uh, introduced me to so many really, really cool female athletes, uh, racers, uh, people from all legs of the sport. So it's fun that you've transitioned into broadcasting. I'm hoping I'll learn a little bit of uh, tips and tricks from you today on how I can be a better a better podcaster here. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tire smoking here on Cars, yeah? So, Katie, take the wheel. So it's not very catchy, but uh, early on in my broadcasting career, someone gave me the advice to always be kind to everybody you meet. And it'll always come back. And I have just lived by that because then people want to be around you. People will, like you said, Lynn recommended that you connect with me and that yep. all comes back. And I think that that's the best way to live is be kind. And it's something that um, is starting to go away in our society, I think. So I'm trying to bring it back. Well, I'm glad you are. You know, it goes back to when I was a little kid and you know, you take uh, um, Sunday school, I guess, and you learn the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, if I've quoted that right. But the idea is the same, is, yeah, treat people with respect. And I think you're right, you know, earlier in my career, and I'm a lot older than you, but a lot of people, we came into this me generation in the 80s where everybody was about themselves. And then we kind of came out of that. But sometimes it does feel like we're back in that arena a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I know in the motorsports world, it's a family. And so everyone yeah. is pretty nice to each other. You know, you'll have your on track battles. But if anybody ever needs anything at the track, I've seen teams exchange parts. I've seen 
you know, teams rush over to help each other all the time and they're competing on the track for every centimeter of space while still being kind to each other off track. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, I've spent a lot of time in Indiana because uh, my previous career, uh, we had a distribution manufacturing center there. So I was flying in there four times a year. And and one of the things I learned about Indiana, and anytime I visit the Midwest part of the country, or I was just, I just came back from Texas, Oklahoma, is the reality that the people are just so genuine and nice. And of course, it's not to disrespect my, my left coast friends here, because I've always lived out here in right coast, but it's just another kind of sensibility towards people. Uh, have you found that? Because you travel a lot for the job. Oh, man, it's good old Hoosier hospitality, Mark. <laughs> of course. I was grew up in Indiana, like you said, again, and kind of never really left Indiana. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to say because we also don't spend a ton of time away from the racetrack when we travel. But yeah, you know, in the airport, airports can be pretty funny and entertaining at some time. But yes. I found that they can also kind of be a peek into the life in that city. And some airports have maybe not been so friendly. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. there is definitely something to Hoosier hospitality. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Great part of the country. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. I mean, you started racing at a very young age. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated that passion you have with racing and cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed a car gal? Oh, man. I don't think I knew it until I won my first race, to be honest, which was right between like ages 10 and 11. My dad got my sister and I our first race car for Christmas when I was nine or I was eight and then started racing at nine. And I hated it, to be honest. I got in the car and my dad pushed me out on the back stretch. It was a, a quarter midget, excuse me. Uh-huh. I pulled out on the back stretch and I put my head on the steering wheel and I said, it goes too fast. <laughs> and my dad pulled me in the pits and gave me this pep talk and was like, let's yeah. just try it. Um, he's yeah. been a gearhead his entire life. My sister and I at that age were dancers. We were like those girls that were going to dance class every single night. And my mom was our, my mom was our dance teacher. So my dad was really looking for a way to connect with my sister and I, because he never had any sons. I took my dad's advice and I kept trying. I kept trying. My sister, as is she is with everything, was great at it from the get go. Um, She's just that person that's good at everything she does. That (laughs) sister, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. (laughs) Exactly. And I just kept trying. I kept trying. And eventually I won my first race. My sister actually decided that she didn't like it and continued to dance. And she, to this day, is a fantastic dancer, danced in college, etc. I won my first race and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then like Lynn St. James invited me to Women in the Winter Circle and I found out, wow, there's other girls like me across the country because back then, you know, there really weren't that many girls. Um, there's still not as many to this day, but there's significantly more than there was when I was, you know, in my formative years of motorsport. So once I found out that, wow, there's even girls like me that enjoy doing this as well. And I've been hooked ever since. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to your sister, by the way. I know she just got married. So congratulations <laughs> yes. uh, to the family. That's very exciting. Well, uh, absolutely right. And I love that the fact that there's more and more women involved in racing now. I bring it, it brings a whole nother layer and flavor and flair to the whole racing scene. 
And I don't know too many guys that think it's a bad idea. I think it's it's great. It's fantastic. I've had many of them on the show. I hope to have many more in the future. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure, failure I should say, as you raced or as you got into broadcasting. You know, choosing racing as a career is fraught with ups and downs. You're a champ one weekend and a chump the next. So, uh I'd love for you to walk us through a time that kind of put you up against the wall and kind of made you go, oh, man, this is hard. But more importantly, what did that situation teach you so that you can move forward? You know, I think it the one that comes to mind immediately is that I never became a professional race car driver. At 21, I had to make that decision. Okay, am I going to continue college or am I going to become a race car driver? And I really had to think that decision through because at the time it was the death of a dream. And you really have to, it's like a person dying. You imagine for 10 years, I'd imagined my life going one way. And then all of a sudden it wasn't going to go that way. So I had to take some time to really grieve that death and figure out what was next for me. And during that process, I learned that through your life, Things evolve and things change. And I'm still not very good at change. I have to admit that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a few people Um, are. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, your dream starts to evolve and you think, okay, what do I really want to do? What am I passionate about? And it really helped me define who I am as a person because I found out I'm passionate about telling stories. I'm passionate about motorsports. Okay, what can I do with those two things? I can become a journalist. And not only can I become a journalist, but maybe I can, you know, help bring the stories from the paddock into people's living rooms. That mm-hmm. sounds amazing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a new dream was born. And um, I think it taught me every time change comes into my life now, I try to think back to that moment that I can evolve and I can still stay true to who I am and I can still find a way to be involved in motorsports. Uh, it's great story, Katie. And you know, I would ask you to share this with some listeners, hopefully some younger listeners right now that might be going through the same thing. I talk to a lot of young people. A lot of young people reach out to me as they listen to the podcast here on Cars Yeah and listen to people who have fulfilled their dreams of wrapping their passion for cars and trucks and motorcycles and race cars into their lives. What would you offer as a bit of suggestion for someone who's going through that search? Because we all meet people that they're young and you say, well, what are you passionate about? And sometimes they can't even answer that question. They they don't even know. And there's all these pressures at 21. Oh, you should go to school. Oh, you should become a doctor. You should become a lawyer. You should become this. You should do that. You got to There's all these pressures on young people uh, at that time in their life. So what's one thing you might share with somebody that might help move past that so they could find what they really want to do in their life? You bring up a good point, and there's a woman on the board for Fuel the Females. Um, her name is Teresa, and she's a coach for life and business. And I've had a lot of conversations with her recently just about really finding your passion because, like you said, society puts so much emphasis on being famous, right? So kids right now, they're scrolling through Instagram, and they're seeing the Instagram models with millions, literally, yeah. of followers. and yeah millions of likes and so you know every time their phone dings with a like you get like a this almost adrenaline rush type thing it's an endorphin i think it's it's been proved scientifically yeah Yeah. it's like somebody loves me (laughs) right and so they're getting this like artificial almost acceptance yeah and i think 
that the struggle for kids these days and anybody trying to find who they are, their passion, you just really have to maybe take some time away from social media and Mm. really find who you are and how you can stay true to yourself. Because I found that as long as you're doing what you're passionate about, no matter if you're the CEO of the company or you're sweeping the floors of the company, if you love it, you'll be happy. That's what makes a good life is being happy and truly loving what you do. And again, you know, I formed Feel the Female and found, wow, I really, this is what makes me really happy. And I'm really excited to chase that adventure. Absolutely. And you mentioned coach. It's really important, I think, and I found this to find somebody that you can reach out to that's outside of your your sphere sometimes, you know, because your friends are going to have a bias towards you. Your parents certainly are going to have a bias towards you close family members, but finding somebody outside of that sphere. And that's why what I'm doing here at Cars Yeah is exposing people to people that are outside their sphere, but people who have pretty much figured it out. And hopefully they can listen to these stories and go, okay, that's how that person did that. And I I found, you mentioned it early, people in the motorsport industry are very willing to give up their time. If you're a young person, reach out to somebody. You'd be surprised how many times somebody will call you back email you back or text you back, I suggest calling because nobody calls on on the phone anymore. And these people will help you. They'll give you ideas. They'll give you stories. And uh, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing, but uh, great advice. Love it. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle. Now, this could be the first race car you got in that really made you feel like this is cool, or it could be just a first car you got um, or something that was special in your life. And share a special memory you have about that ride. I think I've told you this when we were corresponding before chatting today, but I've never had a really cool car. Uh, <laughs> right now, I, I drive a Ford Fiesta. So, uh, hey, they're cool. <laughs> oh, Mark, it's not even fast. I try to Uh-oh. race people off the line at, stop, or at stoplights. I probably shouldn't say that out loud, yeah, but they, they'll roast me every time. But yeah. um, <laughs> they don't know I'm <laughs> racing them, you know? Yeah, um, it's all in your but, mind. <laughs> exactly. I would have to say my race cars have, were my babies. I loved them. I was that driver that like didn't even really like people to sit in my seat because <laughs> I felt so part of it. I really mm-hmm. loved my race cars, both my quarter midget and my Ford Focus midget. Um, I r- raced the USAC midget um, in the Ford Focus series. Yeah. Loved both of those cars. And they were always so easily identifiable so they were stolen actually out of our driveway oh, when no. I was a teenager and found them fairly easily because they were gold with like a, a maroonish red roll cage. And yeah. they were the only gold race car I'd ever seen until like in person until James Hinchcliffe threw on the gold and black with arrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But those were just such special cars to me. And I lived my life in them and and they helped shape me. It was like when we had to sell them, it was again, I keep bringing up like sadness, but it was kind of grief because it was like saying goodbye to an old friend. Um, So those those cars were good to me. uh, Yeah, no doubt. And you do, you build a bond with these cars because they're the ones that are carrying you to victory or whatever it might be. And plus, if you're really hands-on, uh, you're involved in the build and the fit. Um, these are all custom-made for the drivers. Well, you kind of answered my next question, which was a seller's remorse. Uh, 
Is there are there any of those race cars? Have you had to pick one that you wish you could just have back in the garage just for fun? Is there one you'd wish you had back? Yeah, my dad's always joked when I was growing up that when you become a professional race car driver, we'll have you know these cars will sit in the lobby of your race shop and yeah. <laughs> it'll be part of your story. You know, I think Ed Carpenter does something similar where some of his old cars are still oh, displayed yeah. in his race shop, but. I wish we would have kept those, although I'm not really sure where they would go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Well, put them in the living room. That's a ride park one. Well, we still have every race suit I've worn, every helmet I've worn, oh, cool. um, every trophy. My dad, he does still work on cars and has a great shop at his house. And we call it the Katie Shrine. But his <laughs> yeah, well, of course. barn is so full of race cars that he likes that uh, there's not really room for mine these days. He seems to think I'm an adult or something now. Well, you know, that's what's supposed to happen when your little girl grows up. But you know what? Yeah. I've got a little girl. <laughs> They're always your little girl. That's just the yes. way it is. So love it. Yeah. Well, I would love for you to share with our listeners, what has you excited and fired up about your career right now? You know, I'm really excited about my Fuel the Female project. We started it last year where we invited 100 Indianapolis public school, high school females out to the track and and they did a tour of the speedway through the careers that women currently hold. So if you're familiar with IndyCar um, or if you're not, actually, I'll give you a brief synopsis. Like, for example, the lead engineer at Firestone is a female. Danica was racing last year. They met her. What the national media outreach coordinator for IndyCar is a female. There's Jessica Mace, who's a female mechanic at Andretti Autosport. And so each of these women took time out of their day on opening day of Indianapolis 500 practice to spend some time with these 100 students who really had not been exposed to motorsports or STEM careers. For that matter, they had never really met women working in these STEM careers. And it was an amazing day above and beyond what I could have ever imagined because watching these girls as Danica Patrick peeled out of pit lane right in front of them was amazing. And then to watch them watch Kara Adams walk away and then hear whispers of, Oh my gosh, she's so cool. Or wow, that's amazing. Or I want to be an engineer. It totally changed some of these girls career paths and what they thought they would be doing with their life. Mm -hmm. And this year we're making it even bigger and even better. We've expanded to other schools outside of IPS. We've even got some private school students coming this year and the girls are going to get hands-on. They're going to build model race cars again on opening day of Indianapolis 500 practice. And I hope that we can open even more eyes to the world of motorsports and these STEM careers that are becoming the thing these days. I mean, we are on technology or using science or math in some way in every single aspect of our lives that it's becoming such a necessity. And there's so many statistics out there and I won't bore them with you, but really at the age of six, girls decide if they're going to be able to achieve a career in STEM or not. That's so early. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, Mark, you said your career has changed and I'm sure a few times my career is always changing for girls to decide at six that they can't achieve a career in STEM is insane. And we're really trying to change that and show these girls that you can do anything. And also what girls mostly look for out of a career is something that makes a change or makes people feel good. So we're trying to show them that 
in a STEM career, you can still make people feel good or you can make a difference in the world. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'll remind our listeners, you can learn more about Fuel the Female at fuelthefemale.org. Check it out. Uh, you know, your comments hit home. My wife, when she was younger, um, didn't know really what she wanted to do. She was very shy in school. And she had a teacher once say, you're really good in math. And just those words changed her whole path in life. She became an engineer. And she is a whiz at math. She's way smarter than me at everything <laughs> when it comes to that matter. But um, yeah, you can really help support. And I'm wondering, do you know of the RPM Foundation? Do you know Diane Fitzgerald? So Lynn St. James is actually involved in the RPM Foundation yeah. um, or was at one point. I know about it peripherally, but not a lot of the ins and outs of it. Yeah. Well, it's another organization, and I've been asked to sit on a panel that uh, for a summit meeting is going to happen this fall where I'm going to be emceeing a discussion of all these people coming in. It basically talks about trying to get young people into the automotive industry, whether it be motorsports, whatever. And what you just said is exactly part of the goal is to help young people realize there is a viable career in these automotive fields, whether it's restoration or racing or whatever, and STEM, and which, which has to do with um, science, technology, so forth, mathematics. It's fantastic. So I should put you in touch with Diane uh, so you guys can talk a little bit more. I know that you guys could probably collaborate on some things like uh, Lynn has with her. Fantastic. FuelTheFemale.org. Check it out. So Katie, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, fellow automotive enthusiasts, you know I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products since 1975. That's right, all the way back to my high school days. Want to keep your vehicle's exterior and interior looking new? It's easy with a Covercraft car cover. A car cover is the best way to keep your vehicle looking great for years to come. Car covers protect your paint from fallout, birds, dust, rain, insects, and pollen. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. I use my Covercraft car covers every single day. Right now, you can get 10% off all Covercraft custom car covers or their ready-fit car covers. Plus, they offer you over 15 quality fabrics to choose from. Their spring sale is from April 15th through June 16th, 2019. Order direct at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV. TV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas. 
Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Katie, we are back. And I have a bit of an introspective question for you. If you were a car, if you woke up tomorrow, you'd actually manifest it into a car. Not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle. What would Katie be and why? Oh, that's such a good question. (laughs) And I have to say, my family is a big Ford family. Uh, My stepmom's family owns a dealership. My dad has owned Mustangs my entire life. So I would for sure be a Mustang. A Mustang. (laughs) Very nice. Now, would you be an older style Mustang, a newer style? And would you be some kind of a special model like a GT350 or a 500? Um, I would definitely be an older style. My dad had a 1973 Mustang, so I really liked that car. It was white with a red leather interior and he actually sold it so that I could keep racing. So I've always told him when when I become rich, I'll buy him, I'll buy that car (laughs) back for him. But I would be that car because it was just like, just the sound of it. You know, in my dreams of it, close my eyes and still hear that car starting. And it was just, awesome yeah they're really cool cars and they're such icons i had a 66 fastback and every i couldn't get gas for less than 30 minutes because everybody would come over and (laughs) want to talk about it It was a shelby clone so it's a g2350 clone white with blue stripes i had all the right parts i mean a beautiful motor sound like a sewing machine it was just a cool thing yeah it was nice but uh yeah i I sold a race car too to uh, help my daughter through college (laughs) as well so that's what dads do for their yes, daughters. they're so. good for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, how about uh, the best automotive advice you've ever received? Could you share that with us? Ooh, that is a thinker because, you know, I've never owned, I'm sorry to the listeners that I've never owned a really cool car, but. Well, I could alterate this to racing advice too, you yeah, know, back when you well, were racing. I, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking of, one of the female mechanic that I spoke about at Andretti, Jessica Mays, she told the girls last year to just get in there and get your hands dirty. It didn't matter if that meant you wanted to be an engineer. So you're getting your quote unquote hands dirty by solving some equations, or if you wanted to be a scientist, so you're getting your hands dirty with some, you know, chemistry or something like that. I think that can apply to anything in life, whether that means you want to learn how to build a car, just get in there and get your hands dirty. If you if you want to be anything in life, jump into it and just try it. Yeah. You know, a couple of my great past guests, Bogey, who has the all-girls garage, uh, she's very much that way when she did her build with the truck and she's doing another one of inviting women from all over the country to come in and help restore this truck. And Jesse Combs, who's in the automotive industry and racing world, she's another one, uh, loves to teach women how to weld. Just say, you know what? Just try it. Just get your hands dirty. Don't worry about it, you know? Uh, you can always get yeah. a, uh, your nails done later. So <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> to, true. To quote, to quote her. So, how about a personal habit? Is there one of yours that you'd like to share that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Uh, I think saying thank you, yes, really helped my career because I think that snail mail or follow up emails are not recognized enough as something that can can truly help. Even yes. just a, it doesn't have to be four paragraphs long. It just has to be it. Hey, I had a great time doing X today. I learned why. Thank you. That's all I have to say. And I think that's also a part of making other people feel good, that they feel appreciated, that they made a difference in your day or they made a difference in your life in some way. 
You know, one of the, you, you hit home with me here, Katie, one of the things, one of the many things my mother taught me was the art of writing a thank you note. And you'll get one from me, all my past guests do in the mail. You mentioned snail mail, but it's it goes so far and it returns in magical ways. Uh, absolutely. But just the art of gratitude is kind of becoming a lost art, sadly, these days. But uh I always share with younger people, I said, you know, write thank you notes. You'd be amazed at how that can help you, especially when you're trying to get a job interview. I've talked to many right. interviews who say, nobody even follows up with a thank you. It's incredible. So it's a simple thing. It's a great practice that will help you in many, many ways. Now, how about a resource? Is there one out there you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I would like to plug through this email once again. You know, if yes. you met, uh, message us on any so- form of social media or the emails, those all come to me. And I will try to help you in any way you can. I've had several girls email me and say, Hey, what do you think about this? Or, you know, how can I get involved in that? And through Field of Female, I've, I've learned about several programs that girls can get involved in, you know, that you don't have to go to a racetrack for. There's, for example, IUPUI has this great camp. It's a summer camp. It's a week long. You live in the dorms at IUPUI. It's called Power Camp. And it's a chance for girls to get hands-on in the IEPUI engineering department. And they have a pretty sure it starts in elementary school and all goes all the way up to high school for girls to get involved in. And I've learned about several programs like that. So it's a, a great opportunity for girls to start in the motorsports world early. Yeah. Oh, it's a great program. Absolutely. Well, Katie, you've interviewed lots of folks. You've talked to a lot of folks in your career. If I can arrange for you to talk with anyone in the automotive industry, Living or deceased, who would that individual be? I have to say it's somebody I've already met because <laughs> cool. um, I am the biggest AJ Foyt fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he, to me, is the motorsports god. I've always loved him, but I would really like to sit down away from a racetrack where we're kind of not yelling over each other or... Yeah. or um, you know, talking over race cars and just pick his brain about his heyday because I think that was really the best time to be alive in motorsports. Um, I love that era. I think I was born in the wrong era and um, I really would love to pick his brain. I think there's a lot of stories that I don't know that I would really like to know. Well, yeah, I'd love to have him on the show too. He's a hard guy to track down because he's just so <laughs> darn busy. He never stops going. His foot's to the floor all the time. But uh what a character, what a life, what a legacy, what an icon. So, uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. You know, and I'll share something with you, Katie. You're saying you think you were born maybe in the wrong time. I had Tommy Kendall, great race car driver, yeah. on the show twice, actually. He actually interviewed me on my 1000th show. We kind of flipped the oh, mic. Which was fun. Yeah, kind of cool. And, and shout out to he and um, uh, his cohort, Bell, and the Torque Show. They're doing something kind of cool right now. They're going around to tracks and interviewing race car yeah. drivers. So, Justin Bell and... Yeah. So at any rate, he told me when he was on the show something that I'll share with you. What you're doing right now, and I'm, I'm misquoting him, but what you're doing right now, you are perfect for this time. And his whole concept is that no matter where you are in life, things are okay right now. There's a reason why you're here, why you're doing what you're doing, and it's evolving to something else. So I'll just kind of share that with you because, uh, Tommy Kendall is a really great guy, such a positive character. I mean, just a really nice person, too. Have you had a chance to meet him? I have just briefly met him, um, but wish I, like like AJ, wish I would have a chance to get to know him a little better away from a racetrack. 
Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a nice guy. Absolutely. Yeah. What a book. Is there a book that you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners? I just finished Michelle Obama's book and I loved it. I think there's so many lessons inside that book about life and evolving your dream as Michelle's dream had to evolve when uh, Barack's career was taking off and evolving on its own as well. And, um, you know, I bookmarked several passages to go back when I'm having those tough days and remind myself that it's okay to change and it's okay to evolve. And like you said, you're perfect for where you are right now. Yeah. The title of that book is Becoming. Is that correct? It is. It is. Yeah. Great. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great references that Katie shared on her very own show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, type in Katie Hargit, H-A-R-G-I-T-T, and you'll find this book and, oh, lots, over a thousand books listed and recommended by my past Cars Yeah guests. And I'll make it really easy for you with one click to buy. So check it out. These are all things that should be on your library shelf. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Katie, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. You've alluded a couple times here that you've never really had a real cool car. I should say a driver's car versus a race car. So today, I'm going to fulfill that dream. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. But there's a couple rules to this game that make it a little bit of a challenge. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with or fund a racing career. Uh, You have to drive it. No garage queens here allowed on cars, yeah, but I don't think that's a problem for you. But here's the doozy part. It's the only one collector car you can have in your garage, and you got to keep it. So choose wisely, my friend. It has to be my dad's Mustang, right? (laughs) Well, why not? A long time ago. Yeah. Now, that was a 70, what year was that again? A 73 Mustang. 73, okay, yeah. Then he can sit in it, you know, if I can't sell it. Dad, (laughs) Dad can come sit in it every once in a while. Yeah, and that was white with a red interior, if I remember right? Yes. Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, that shouldn't be so hard. Jeez, you didn't make it too expensive for me. (laughs) My my guest who was on yesterday wanted a Pagani. So, uh, you know, I'm glad glad you picked that car because after spending $3.2 million, I can't afford very much after that. I was going to say, you must be right up there with Jeff Bezos as the richest man in the world. Oh, yeah. It's a piece of cake here. Of course, yeah. (laughs) It's doing great. Everything is peachy keen. The checkbook's flowing. So, absolutely. Well, I, exactly. Well, I would love to find you that white Mustang. That would be pretty darn cool. I have no doubt that there's going to be one parked in your garage someday. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, and uh, your dad's going to have a big smile on his face when you take him for a drive. But, uh, you know, don't be racing anybody off the off the lights there, okay? Just, you know, okay, throttle goes, sounds good. <laughs> throttle goes both ways, Katie. Throttle goes both ways. I know that's right. hard for a racer at heart. Well, you've taken me on a great ride today, Katie. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you and thank Lynn St. James. Shout out to her for putting us together today. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in dad's white 73 Mustang? You know, just be nice. Smile, say hello, say thank you, and be kind. And like you said, live by the golden rule because it comes back to you tenfold. Oh, yeah. Very nice, simple uh, advice that works all the time. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, you can go to katiehargett.com or Please follow me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Katie Hargett. And please connect with me. Let you know. Let me know that you've listened to Cars Yeah, and we can chat. Absolutely. And don't forget about FuelTheFemale.org, another great way to connect with what Katie's up to, uh, helping young women in the industry. Absolutely fantastic. 
Listeners, again, you can find everything that Katie shared on her show notes page here on CarsYeah.com. Check out what she's up to. I think it's going to make you very happy. Katie, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.